Hello and welcome back to 40 Minute Mentor, the podcast on a mission to raise aspirations and inspire the next generation of category-defining founders. From purpose-led entrepreneurs to Olympic champions, you'll learn firsthand from today's successful leaders on what it takes to be brilliant, all in just 40 minutes. Over the latest series, we've heard some incredible stories from some of the best startup founders out there. And we've also given a bit of a glimpse into our own journey here at JBM and the many ups and downs that we've experienced over the years. I set up JBM when I was 25 years old and very inexperienced. And I'm incredibly proud to say that we have just had our 10-year anniversary. So I thought we could use today to share some of the biggest lessons from the last decade of JBM's startup story. So before we dive into some of my biggest lessons over the last 10 years, I just wanted to introduce JBM for those of you who don't know what we do. We're an exec search and recruitment business that work with some of the fastest growing startups and scale-ups and top VC investors in the world. So JBM is split into three main areas, executive search, which I run, which is mainly placing C-level executives and VP-level executives into various startups. We also have an experienced hire team, which is focused on placing future leaders, mainly in the ops and strategy space, and also SOS, which is our newest proposition, a fast and flexible talent solution where we parachute in experienced startup operators on an interim, fractional, and advisory basis. Over the last 10 years, we've grown exclusively through word of mouth, and that's mainly because we go above and beyond for our clients and our candidates, and we are always looking to pay it forward, whether that's through our podcast, 40-Minute Mentor, and all the content that we create, whether it's running events or building communities and bringing people together. But all of those things combined have really helped to establish ourselves as an alternative disruptor in the executive search space. The first main lesson that I want to share with you is don't chase the money, build relationships. Now, that may sound strange coming from a recruiter, given that we're known for being very money hungry. But I've always said I'm probably the least money motivated recruiter that you'll meet because my view is money comes if you build deep relationships, really meaningful ones. If you go above and beyond for other people and you really try to help them and pay it forward wherever you can, that will pay you back tenfold. And that has really been the story of JBM. From the early days to now, wherever possible, we do our utmost to help. We can't help everyone, of course, and we don't get it right all the time. But a lot of my week, a lot of my team's week is having pro bono conversations, whether it's helping people with CVs, even if it's not directly related to what we do, whether it's giving advice or giving market intel, whether it's connecting clients to other clients or potentially connecting candidates to recruiters that are better placed to help them. We really have always taken the view that if we go above and beyond, if we're not too protective over our networks, then it will become known that we are the sort of company that people want to work with because they trust us. So for me, playing the longer game, you know, not always trying to make a quick buck or think about the commission has really resulted in us growing organically through word of mouth. Basically, all of our business comes through that way. All the best candidates that we get come through referral. And it does take longer. The first few years of JBM was slower because I was determined to grow organically. But now we're at a point 10 years down the line where every single day we get candidate referrals, we get new business leads or client introductions. And that is that ripple effect, that network effect from all of the kind of relationship building that myself and the team over the years have done. The second biggest lesson for me is actually to reframe what we're doing 
as a business. This really relates to how we've been able to hire the people that we've hired, uh, the brilliant team that we have today. But it's also for myself. I think when I started my recruitment career, I'm, I'm ashamed to say I was a bit embarrassed at times when I went to dinner parties and told people what I did for a living because there was always that reputation of sharky, dishonest, salesy recruiters. And that was never me. And I think when I started JBM, I was perhaps nervous of that perception. So what I decided to do was totally reframe how I look at what we do for a living. And that's really about changing people's lives, changing people's lives through getting people jobs. So it may sound a little bit fluffy. And I know it's not the same as being a doctor and saving lives. But the genuine truth is, if you look at our job, we have the ability, and this is for any recruiters that might be listening, you have an ability to have an amazing impact on people's lives through their careers. That might be getting them a job that changes their whole outlook on their career. You know, that could be because it's an incredible promotion. It could be because they get to work with incredible people. It might be that they have taken a job that's remote first and gives them more time back with their family or gives them the chance to travel the world. We see it day in and day out, the people that we've placed and the joy that those roles and the impact they're able to have on the world through the companies they work for. You know, it really gives me a huge sense of pride. And so when we're interviewing for our team, we're really looking for people that see that. Don't just see it as a job. Don't just see it as smashing CVs down to clients and making big commissions. For me, it's all about seeing the impact you can have in people's lives, seeing the impact you can have in the tech ecosystem at large, and really be excited by the opposition of building these game-changing, purpose-driven companies. So that's what drives me and our team day in and day out. And it gets us out of bed in the morning. At the end of the day, we spend so much time at work. If you're not enjoying it, if it feels like a chore, make sure you go out there and find places where you can feel like you can have a big impact, where there is a real purpose to what you do. My third lesson is learning from our failures. And the flip side to that is when you take big risks and they pay off, then really doubling down on those. So they're kind of interlinked. And and the reason I say that is failure is part of growth. There were times in the early days when I would take failures, candidates at final interview that didn't get offers, and when I'd lost out on pitches for searches or various other things, I would take it so to heart. It felt so personal, and it took me a while to bounce back from it. But I've realized now a lot of those failures are great learning opportunities. You know, I now always look to to try and analyze where we went wrong, what we could do better the next time and really go again. And uh, I think that gets easier, probably the more knockbacks you have and it strengthens your resolve. I've also found that out of some of the hardest parts of our story over the last 10 years, some of the very best things have come out of them. And I think that that slightly comes from having that resilience and that ability to bounce back. But also having that mindset of, you know, just go again, you know, be creative, think laterally. One of the things that I think allows that for any of you listening that are building companies at the moment, I think is about trying to foster a culture where people are allowed to express themselves, where they're allowed and encouraged to try things, but also building a culture where failure is okay. And that there is the psychological safety in the company that if things do go wrong, that you'll learn from it, you'll dust yourself off and go again. I think a blame culture is the total opposite of that. And where there is so much micromanagement that nobody has the freedom to really try things and express themselves. That's the total opposite 
to JBM. Like everybody has a huge amount of autonomy, lots of opportunity to try new things. And we've seen that that has given a lot of our team the ability to truly express themselves, try new things, find new passions, and has often resulted in some of the, the coolest initiatives that we've ever done. And then I think when you are onto a winner, then it's an amazing opportunity. And I think it's one of the great things about startups is you can go from zero to hero and you can get something that, that starts as a seed of an idea and then really double down on that. And it can, it can sometimes become the best things that you've ever done. And there's a couple of examples from the JBM story that I wanted to just share with you. The first one is that and I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but five years ago, we almost decided to, to turn the lights off. I've been having a really tough time. We had to restructure the team from eight to three. And it was a really difficult period in the business. But out of that challenging time and some of the hardest conversations I've ever had to have, we rebranded the business. We decided to move away from working with corporates and just focus on startups. And it's been the best decision we've ever made. It's resulted in record years. It's the reason why the podcast came into life. That was all part of the outcome of that that rebranding exercise. And we've never really looked back since. The other example I'll give you is the pandemic. You know, we had to furlough most of our staff, which was really tough because all of our pipeline dropped off a cliff and it was it was a really tough few months. And when many of our clients were, were, were nervous about hiring, put the brakes on for, for many things and cancel lots of searches, you know, it looked pretty ominous. It looked pretty scary. And none of us, like a lot of you listening, knew what was coming down the line. And so what we decided to do was stay positive, you know, be really supportive uh, of the team. You know, we, we topped up the furlough salaries and made sure everyone was, you know, okay. And then what we did was we got to work about thinking, what do our clients need in this time? So during that time, we got our heads together. We really thought about what did our clients need? We thought some of our clients are really struggling here. They need help. They were coming to us for exec roles, COA roles, and now they've had to pull those roles, but we know their businesses still need that hire. So we started to think, well, what can we do? And so there, we, we got together a pool of some of the best operators in our network who were in between things or able to take some time off. And we started to connect them to some of our clients to help them with some key projects or some key challenges. And many of those initial engagements were basically a pro bono. And the beauty of that is it quickly validated the concept of SOS that, wow, this, this flexible arrangement of short-term projects, of interim roles is so powerful and it really, really works. And out of that kind of idea of trying to help our clients and trying to um, also play into the growing movement of gig economy workers in portfolio career, we decided to really lean in and build SOS. And uh, SOS is now the fastest growing part of our business. It made up a third of our revenues last year. And this is all within two years and all stemmed from a time in the business when we were really struggling. So my main point there is sometimes you can have some really challenging times. You can have some failures. Things can look really bleak. But I think if you have the right people around you at that time, we didn't give up. We were really resilient. We spoke to our network. We looked at what was needed. We, we leaned heavily on our board advisors and particularly Ben as you help come up with the concept of SOS. And then we just went for it and we went all in and we didn't spend millions of pounds on it. We just, it was very, very scrappy. And we continued to iterate it on that first few months. And then before you knew it, we had a key solution. I really hope you're enjoying today's episode so far. But before we continue hearing from today's mentor, I wanted to take a minute to give a shout out to our series sponsors, Alchemist. Alchemist is an industry leading learning and development company using immersive and interactive experiences to help increase employee engagement, levels of happiness and achievement across your teams and overall productivity. 
Alchemist presents L&D departments with an opportunity to innovate and be bold in their approaches to blended learning. If you love the sound of this as much as we do here at JBM, then head over to thisisalchemist.com forward slash 40 minute mentor to learn more. And now back to our 40 minute mentor. On to the fourth lesson, and this one is all about the power of mentorship and the importance of paying it forward. And it's really linked to what I just said. Firstly, we have been so indebted to our board of advisors, and I regularly advise the founders that I work with of the importance of having good people around you, especially if you're a solo founder. And we've had that from day one. So if you're listening to this, you're feeling stressed, you don't feel like you've got a a right sounding board or someone that's been there and done it before definitely give me a shout and I can more than happy to to share my thoughts or make some recommendations for people to chat to. But it's been so invaluable to have those great mentors alongside us on the journey. And they've been there through the darkest times. And sometimes mentors are needed to kick you up the ass and to ask the difficult questions and to hold you to account. And other times they're there to champion you and build you up and give you the encouragement to make difficult decisions or important decisions. Sometimes they help you expand your network and they make introductions and maybe send talent your way. Whatever it is, I think having the right people in your corner that have your back believe in you that can call you out when necessary is an amazing thing so having great mentors having a board of advisors around the table i strongly believe is a big part of what has got us where we are today and i think another thing is that we've always really cared about talking about the importance of mentorship not just for the importance of getting a mentor for yourself to help you develop your career but also the importance of being a mentor yourself i think everybody listening to this has something that they can offer to others and i think it's really important to pay it forward to the next generation of talent coming through so if you don't have mentees please do go out and seek them because we all have something to give. And I think it can be a really virtuous circle, particularly those that come from underrepresented backgrounds or haven't had the opportunities that you might have. My fifth and final learning for the last 10 years is the power of personal branding and also this podcast, 40 Minute Mentor. Believe it or not, I hate the sound of my own voice. You would never think that from the amount you hear from me, but I've always been quite self-conscious and it's only been the last couple of years since the pandemic that I've posted regularly on social media and for a long time we did fairly ad hoc recordings of the podcast and we really created this to share incredible stories of other people so it does feel a bit wrong at times to to be talking about myself and jbm but i'm regularly reminded by others that i too have learned a lot over the years and have some mentorship to pass forward plus our producer hannah definitely wouldn't take no for an answer so here we are Interestingly, the more that I pushed myself out of my comfort zone, started to share more about our own story, started to talk more on the podcast and about the podcast, started posting more on LinkedIn, the more I and the business saw the benefits. And I think one of the best compliments that I've ever had is that um, somebody I really respect and like and um, is an amazing individual and, and founder, he said when he met me for the first time, that he was really pleasantly surprised that me in person is exactly the same as me on the podcast, me on the social media. And I think I think that authenticity is the key to a, a really strong personal brand. And so I think it doesn't have to be some cringy thing where you talk nonsense all the time. I think as, as long as it's coming from a good place, you know, you're looking to add value and it's your authentic self, then I would say go for it because it can be really brilliant driver of business because it really gives you a chance to talk about the things you're passionate about and that you know best.
And so some of the benefits that we've seen from that, you know, firstly with the podcast, and again, thank you so much to every one of you who listens. We've had half a million downloads. We've had incredible partners and sponsors through the podcast that I would never have expected. You know, if you post on LinkedIn regularly, I got uh, named a LinkedIn top voice for, for careers. We've been in the top three of the Apple career charts for the podcast. And also our Jess Ennis Hill episode was top podcast of the week on the Apple podcast homepage. We've continued to have incredible feedback on the podcast and our marketing. And that's largely thanks to our fantastic team, particularly Hannah. And we've worked really, really hard on it. And I think another reason we've done that is because historically recruitment firms aren't known for creating lots of interesting content. Uh, There's a lot of uh, CV tips and a lot of very similar stuff. And I think we always thought, well, we're not your typical recruitment firm. And therefore, we really want to make sure we get our authentic voice across. And I really hope that that has been the case from the episodes you've seen and anything you might have seen on socials. And it's something that we're going to lean into even more in the years ahead as a way to really add value, uh, share our knowledge and expertise, bring people together. And I really think that if you're building a business at the moment or thinking of building a business, really, really thinking about the power of your personal brand and your company's brand, you know, can do a lot for you. So yeah, build the personal brand, get out there and do it. Just takes some consistency and a lot of good can come from it. So those are my first five lessons that I've learned over the last 10 years. Uh, And I hope some of that will resonate with you, uh, whether you're a fellow founder or or just somebody looking for some inspiration in your career. If there is anything else you'd like to know about JBM or 40 Minute Mentor, then do get in touch at info at jbmc.co.uk. And as always, if you do enjoy this podcast, I would implore you to please subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Although we don't want to chase any vanity metrics, the raw truth is that the more subscribers and reviews we get, the more people will come across the podcast and hear the mentorship that our fantastic founders and investors and Olympians and politicians and journalists and various other leaders share. So please, please, please do think about leaving us a review. It really, really will mean the world to me. Thank you for your support over the years as well. And I look forward to seeing you next week for five more lessons that I've learned from the last 10 years of building JBM. See you then.